0: The gospel lesson for this morning is from Mark chapter 13, verses 26 to 37. I invite you to listen for the word God has for us today. Then they will see the human one coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then Christ will send out the angels and gather his chosen ones from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that Christ is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that hour or day no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only the heavenly parent. Watch out, stay alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is as if someone took a trip left the household behind, and put the servants in charge, giving each one a job to do, and told the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the head of the household will come, in the evening or at midnight, when the rooster crows, in the early morning or at daybreak, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly." And what I say to you, I say to all. Keep awake, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Let us pray. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Since all of my family lives in Europe, before recent technology, I would often spend $60 or more just to have a good conversation with my sister. You can imagine what a gift it is that now, without paying a cent, I can get on our family page on an app called WhatsApp, And it lets us talk, or text, or FaceTime, or send videos, or send pictures, and keep up with each other. Lately, my favorite videos have been of my great nephew, baby Silas, having new experiences. From knocking over his blocks and the excitement in his face about that, to sitting up on his own, to strumming his dad's guitar and now pulling himself up to a standing position. While he can stand flat-footed, most of the time he's on his tiptoes as he tries to explore more of his world. Trying to get up the stairs if he can, trying to see what's in the trash can, or more recently succeeding in getting high enough to drop some of his plastic toys in the toilet. His parents have a baby backpack carrier to carry him in the Alps when they go hiking, which they do quite often. And now he wants to get out of the backpack and see more. He wants to take it all in, too. The wonder in this little bitty boy's eyes, as he looks at the mountains or a Christmas tree or the stars up above or even into his parents' eyes, They are filled with such wonder that it can't help but warm your heart. It's just such an amazing thing when children are filled with anticipation and awe. Advent is a time of year that calls us back to that sense of wonder. And yet it is not a magical, sentimental, nostalgic sort of wonder that tries to just deny or ignore the harsher realities of the world. Even baby Silas had that reality smack him in the face when he had RSD and he sounded like a little baby elephant trumpeting whenever he tried to breathe. My niece, trying to comfort him through the nights, didn't sleep for a few weeks. In the midst of life's difficulties, we realize even more our need for Christ's presence in our lives, for God to come and meet us where we are and give us hope. When Mark writes his gospel, everything seems to be falling apart in his world. He writes just after the Jewish revolt against Rome's occupation. Rome later will retaliate by destroying the temple, the center of Jewish worship life, and many people will die in the violence. Just before the part of the scripture that Steve read to us this morning, Jesus tells about the destruction of the temple to come and the persecution and the suffering that his disciples will endure. Doesn't sound very hopeful, does it? Doesn't sound like Advent. As an anonymous author on a blog called SALT has put it, to really hear Mark's gospel, we have to listen from a position of desolation, chaos. And bewilderment putting ourselves in those shoes so to speak we have to listen alongside the traumatized soldier the displaced refugee the heartbroken addict the exhausted nurse the grieving spouse this is where mark lives these are the depths from which he proclaims good news can you see the connection between the experiences of first century and our experiences today. Those who are hurting the most are acutely aware of their need for a savior. Faith is not an exercise in denial and there is no way around the fact that things are a mess in our time too as they have been in years past. We have the violence in places like Ukraine and Ethiopia. My grandfather and father had such experiences in World War I and World War II. We have the pandemic. The 14th century had the bubonic plague. The more things change, the more they seem to say the same. This last mass shooting in Virginia really undid me. In recent years, the violence in my home state has continued to grow. Just a few years ago, angry white supremacists with tiki torches spewed their rhetoric of hate as they marched across the lawn at the University of Virginia where I once walked across for my graduation. While it is upsetting to me, I try to put myself in the shoes of someone on the receiving end of that hate. Knowing God's love for those who are hurting makes us want to do more to express that love to them. It fosters empathy and compassion so that we can support those who are hurting the most. That is what Jesus is asking us to do when He commands us to be alert, to stay awake. He's not saying that you need to be sleep deprived, but that you don't want to spiritually sleep through your life. Being alert means paying attention to others around you, noticing where and through whom Christ may be drawing near to you, a willingness to be a light in the darkness. We usually look at apocryphal images, and the Gospel is only pointing to the end times in a distant future, but Mark is looking at past, present, and future. Notice that in today's scripture, Jesus is speaking soon before his journey to the cross, and he talks about evening, midnight, cock-crow, and dawn. Do those words bring to mind anything to you from the story of the Passion? The disciples gather in the evening in the upper room. Jesus prays in the garden of Gethsemane in the middle of the night. The cock crow is a sign of Peter's denial of Jesus. Dawn is the morning of resurrection. It seems like Jesus is trying to help his disciples and us to understand that the end time will be like his death and resurrection, a time when God's love will be poured out upon us not something of which to be afraid. Notice that this text doesn't mention hell or rejection or punishment. We are simply told that Christ will come and gather people together from all the earth. In the meantime, we are encouraged to look for Jesus wherever we are in the present moment. That takes a spiritual posture of being alert, paying attention to one another, actively loving our neighbor, living in joyful anticipation of any and all times that Christ comes into our lives. I love an image that Alan Sherowes, another pastor, once used to help us understand what this kind of alertness and anticipation looks like. He challenges us to imagine a world in which Christmas doesn't come on December 25th. But it comes with the first snowfall of the year, whenever that is. So you never know when it will actually be here. You can't have all your plans neatly laid out with everything scheduled and under your control. As I imagine it, little ones would be on their tiptoes, holding on to the window and looking up at the sky. At the first sign of cold weather, all the children would be scanning the skies for the first signs of snow. We would all excitedly be checking the weather reports even more than our cell phones. The uncertainty of it would be much closer to the first Christmas. Like any expectant mother, surely Mary didn't know exactly when that baby was going to arrive much less that she'd give birth in a barn and resort to using a feeding trough for a cradle. Not just a sweet, sentimental remembrance bathed in soft light, the nativity story is the startling revelation of Jesus Christ, born in poverty to parents who would have to flee to Egypt to keep Herod from killing him. In the middle of the worst that our world ever has to offer, jesus still comes god's love is still birthed into the world again and again surely when jesus comes again in glory it will be a surprise yet at the same time we can live in a way that anticipates and welcomes jesus every day jesus had told us that he is present any time we welcome a stranger visit a prisoner Offer a cup of cold water in his name. Every time we act in love, Christ comes again and is better known in this world. When Jesus, when Jesus mentions the doorkeeper staying alert, what is he talking about? Well, that's kind of our job, isn't it? To watch out for the welfare of others. The doorkeeper both warns the people in the house of danger and also shares the good news when someone is coming that they need or want to see. You and I are called to be doorkeepers, to be actively engaged in our world and our wakefulness to be present to others. We look for where we see God in them and in the world around us. We remind one another that God loves us and is in us, not just once in first century Galilee, or at the t- end of time, but right now. You may have heard of a man named Ignacy Jan Pederewski. He was a Polish pianist and composer who became a spokesman for Polish independence. He also became the new nation's prime minister and foreign minister, during which he signed the Treaty of Versailles, which ended World War I. For a man of such distinction and prestige, He was also known to be kind and incredibly humble. Among the many stories about him were those that showed his big heart. One time, in a large concert hall, people had gathered in their finest clothes, the men in their tuxes and the women in their ball gowns, and they were milling around before the concert talking to each other as they waited for Petarowski to arrive and start the concert. While his mother's attention was diverted elsewhere, a nine-year-old little boy slipped away from her. He climbed up onto the stage and sat down at the grand piano and began playing chopsticks. He was met with scowling, disapproving faces, with angry comments from people in the crowd. Hey, don't bang on that piano. You can't be up there. Where's your mother? Paderewski, who could hear all of this from backstage, came out. Standing behind the boy, he put an arm around him on each side and began playing elaborate harmonies. Soon the audience was captivated and smiling. The great composer kept whispering in the boy's ear to keep going. Don't quit, he said. Keep playing. I'm right here. Isn't that the posture of Jesus Christ in your life and in mine? When the pain and suffering of this world seem too much or when others put you down or when you feel like giving up or giving in, Jesus comes along and puts holy arms around you, whispering in your ear, keep going. I'm right here. I love you. Our challenge in this Advent journey and in all of life, is to look for the presence of God in others and in the world around us, to be on our tiptoes looking for where the kingdom of God is already among us. Then we put hope into action, attentive to everyone who needs to see the love of Christ through us. Here again, the sense of urgency and our text from Romans as paraphrased in the message But make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-to-day obligations, that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up. Be awake to what God is doing. We can't afford to waste a minute. Friends, our Advent hope is that we wake up to the wonders of God's grace, even as we face the most difficult realities of our lives. Far from only a nostalgic, sweet embracing of the first Christmas, the message of Christ in Advent is to wake up from complacency, not to give up when the darkness of this world threatens to extinguish the light, but to keep the flame burning. Maybe you don't think that what you can do in this world matters that much. After all, what real difference can any of us make? Yet God, who loved the universe into existence and showed us the depths of that love in Jesus Christ, has promised that we can make a difference. When we think we are only playing chopsticks, God is turning our plunking-on-the-keys into a masterpiece Yes, you and I will make plenty of mistakes along the way, but every little scrap of goodness, every gesture of love and compassion is gathered up by God and used to make something more beautiful than we could ever do on our own. Friends, get on your tiptoes. Let your eyes fill with wonder and your heart be filled with love. There is so much more than we ever imagined. Thanks be to God. Amen.